Florida's capital city. This is the Jeff Cameron Show, brought to you by Orange Theory Fitness on Real Talk 93.3. Now, stop what you're doing and listen closely. It's time for the Jeff Cameron Show in 5, 4, 3, 2, 1. Jeff Cameron Show 93.3 Real Talk Radio War Chant TV. Great to be with you. Happy Redemption Thursday, everybody. Ah, we're almost there. Big game tomorrow night on the road. Florida State, Louisville with an opportunity to at the very least stamp yourself as uh, absolutely having improved and cementing uh, some, some belief uh, amongst the fan base that uh, this might be a very good year after all. I think right now we remain ever hopeful uh, there's no question that we're buoyed by the results so far. Took care of business in game one, did all the things you were supposed to do, and then obviously won the big game against LSU in dramatic fashion. So everybody's up for this. They've had extra time to let that feeling, that joyful feeling you get after a victory marinate a little bit. And now, let's go. I, I feel like we've waited too long. I'm getting antsy. I'm jittery, Tom. I've had one too many cups of coffee. I'm ready to go. That's not possible for you. I know. Imagine that, right? I am I am pumped for this game. I want this to be, you know, when you have some. A lot of times, it's a, uh, you know, the intuition you have is is not a good thing. It's it's sort of like oh, I'm a little worried about this trip. You know, something's going to go wrong on this trip, or I'm uh, you know, or I'm eager to whatever it might be. But I'm eager to to cement what it is I think Florida State is, which is just a pretty good football team, and pretty good football teams that have good seasons, not great, not championship playoff caliber seasons, but good seasons, win this game. They just do. They go win this game. This is an average-ass Louisville team. Nothing's going to change my mind about that. Louisville could beat Florida State 50 to nothing. They won't, but they could. And I'd still say that's an average-ass Louisville team that's going to have an average-ass year, and they're going to be talking about firing that coach at the end of this year. And that's why you can't go lose this game because everybody knows that. They know it. Louisville knows their average ass. They know it. you got to go win the game. Go prove that you're better than average, that you're capable of going and winning this game and then go to 3-0 and because you're going to beat Boston College. We both know that, too. You're going to beat Boston College here in Tallahassee, which means if you win tomorrow, you're in essence going to be a 4-0 team playing a ranked Wake Forest team and a whole lot of buzz and a stadium packed full of excited knolls in a way that it hasn't been in, you know, Outside of a couple of occasions, home opener against Notre Dame, that Miami game last year was exciting, and the crowd was into that, and that was fun. But it's really, not the same, though. No, we haven't had a whole bunch in the way of a regular ACC matchup. You know, Wake Forest is usually not enough to move the needle, but they will in this instance because they have an elite quarterback who torched us, who's back playing again. They'll be ranked. We'll be ranked at that point, and that matchup will feel like a big-time clash. Uh, as far as the ACC goes, it'll, it'll be a big-time clash. So I want to be a part of that. I want to see that. I want to play games that matter. I want to feel the nerves that you feel uh, in games that accompany uh, consequence. You know, when you're bad, it really doesn't mean anything if you win or lose. When you're a bad team, 
on the verge of losing seven games or six games, results are kind of more about a fact-finding mission, not about the win or the loss, but is this kid getting any better? Should we start this player? What's our coach going to do here? Is he going to lose the team? You're talking about things like that. I want to go into games because you've taken care of business and you've shown yourself to be markedly better than you were a year ago. And you walk into this place and you win this game, and now all of a sudden there's something to lose. Uh, what bowl you're going to go to starts to get discussed. Uh, it, can you get to 10 wins and radically alter, in, in many ways, probably the recruiting class that you're going to have? You know, that kind of stuff, that's the stuff where – Programs of significance discuss the next game in ways that we don't or haven't been able to. That's that's what I want to see change, and I think that's kind of on the line tomorrow night. Well, that's what makes the stakes high for tomorrow. That's because, what I mean. Yeah, yeah, you're talking about, you know, if you win this one, then BC, Wake Forest comes to town, you get a ranked-on-ranked matchup in all likelihood. But that doesn't rob the fact that tomorrow's domino has to fall to get there. And even if Louisville doesn't inspire you to feel the butterflies that a top 10 road opponent would. Right, right. I mean, there are plenty of butterflies because we got our own demons, too. Right. I so, want to. I want to vanquish those demons. We got to. Yeah, that's what tomorrow's about. And, and I think so. It's on both sides of the ball, too. Uh, we're, we're talking about how this is a really important matchup for Adam Fuller against Satterfield, but it's important for this offense to show you that that's who they just are now. The reason I'm less nervous about them is because I think that is who they are. I could be wrong. I, I could be proven wrong. But I'm going into this game of the belief that that team is good on offense. Not great, good. And Jordan is occasionally going to be great, period. He's going to be good pretty much all the time. He's going to be occasionally great. That's where I think the offense is. Now, the defense... Mm, I right. don't know, man. I well, don't know. This is a group that won't test your corners as much as LSU would, even though our game plan was almost as though we disrespected LSU to a degree. That's what I found really fascinating about that LSU plan, which is man-on-man. Man. It's not we need to bracket Booty, we need to bracket this other guy, and let's hope yeah, to God right. they don't expose us at these other positions. It was get after the quarterback, his eyes are going to come down, and lock it up just long enough to make that happen. And they did. So Louisville's receivers don't have the skill to, to challenge our defensive backs, but it's almost as though you're, you're, you're watching a fight where you're saying, who's weaker? Are we weaker at corner than they are at receiver? And then the actual matchup that I'm interested in is, what do our linebackers do with Cunningham, and what do they do with Ford, the tight end? If you can handle those two things, you're in pretty good shape because I do believe that the front is going to be able to handle the run. I hope. Uh, I we haven't talked about Louisville's traditional run game much at all this week. I know we haven't because I do think it's a Malik Cunningham game. I, I, that's why I default. It's maybe my fault. I'm also assuming that we're going to stop the traditional run it's, against yeah. most teams we face. Yeah. So uh, those two factors have me thinking, well, I don't really want to spend a lot of time on that because I, I think almost, not instantly, but by the end of the first quarter, we're going to know that Louisville has decided to scrap whatever traditional running game uh, that they were going to lean into coming into this game, I think. Well, except for the plays they can run off of it. So, you know, Adam Fuller spoke to the media earlier this week. We got both coordinators, and Fuller was talking about how they're really good at running stretch, one of the best, you know, offenses in the country, philosophically speaking, to run stretch. Well, you can run a lot of stuff off of that, that it's not just about Malik's legs. It's also about your eyes you know, following a receiver in the slot or following a tight end on the backside or, or if they've got an H-back. That's in front. That dude's wide open because you got greedy and you wanted to tackle for loss. It has nothing to do with Malik running for 30 yards. It's, right. oh, you're just wide-ass open. That's the other part that's going to be tested here discipline-wise. It's not just about all eyes on Malik. It's about what they can run off of their traditional run game. 
But if you can blow that up early, then you will be more apt to stay at home and wait for the explosive trick plays. I wonder, uh, are we coming out of this game talking an awful lot about the fact that, um, you know, A, the running backs ran harder, but the run game is yet again firmly established in the way that we know they went into the season wanting it to be. Like, I think, you know, we're talking a lot about how much better Jordan Travis is, but I think this, you know, the stats on him in this game could be kind of pedestrian because I think they're going to be able to run the ball. Yeah, it just depends on. It depends on what Louisville wants to take away. We like to run plays with options for Jordan. And so if they take away the run by just selling out to stop Benson and Ward and Toa Feely, okay, then, then maybe yeah. Jordan's numbers look better. Yeah, yeah. But I agree with you. If the game plan against Duquesne looked like it did against LSU, you know, you're talking about a lot more drop-back passes, I'd say, can we run? But because the game plan against Duquesne, lowly Duquesne, looked as it did, which was straight ahead. Yeah. That tells me that's got to be mission number one well, this I, week. I thought coming out of camp that would be. Now, it wasn't just because of Duquesne. I was saying all along, look, everybody, this is going to be a run-oriented team. Like the the You hang your hat on something you do well and by design, right? So you're going to look at their formations, play calling, what the emphasis is on, what you choose to accentuate, and why. Well, this team coming out of camp to me was going to accentuate running the football. And it wasn't a knock on Jordan, although I did want to see him take the next step. And so far, so good. Very good, in fact. So it kind of maybe opens my eyes and perhaps theirs to what they can be if need be. But without that pressure, if something being forcibly taken away, I think they will try to lean in on the run. All, all your, They've got four guys they like running the ball. Four. Yeah. They've got four. And they got a deeper and bigger offensive line than they've had in years. They also have a huge tight end. I know that Markiston is not an elite blocker. He played well though. But he did LSU. play well. So yep. so you have that. You again, you've got you can play some bully ball against a lot of the middling teams of the well, ACC. Okay. And Louisville's a middling team in the ACC. So that's the difference from the Duquesne game though. Again, I'm not trying to live there, but bully ball. Mm-hmm. versus we're going to run counter, pin, and pull, right, all that right, kind of right, stuff, right? right? Yeah. You know, because we did it with UMass. There there were runs that we had. They weren't exactly bully ball. It wasn't gadgetry, but it was somewhere in between where mm-hmm. you almost feel a bit more passive about how you're hitting the line of scrimmage. The way they bludgeoned their first opponent tells me they're going to try and bludgeon other people. Yeah. And that's really good because if you can, and Louisville has been susceptible so far through two games to giving that up, if you can, then you make Jordan basically unstoppable but you Correct. gotta be able to make that first move and make why it work they want to do it yeah i think it's why right. they want to do it because then you unleash the beast now i got your ass you can't you there's nothing you can bank on now i mean you're not physically good enough and i, I got this other guy now that you have to play on us you're gonna walk down here and try to stop this run and i'm right uh, and here's Pittman on a slant correct. and he's wide the and hell it's, open it's, it's to the hizzy yeah right Redemption Thursday wagers if you missed them they look like this fsu minus two and a half i'm giving it Against Louisville on the road, think about that in the offseason. If I had told you to take FSU on the road against Louisville and give points, we would have had a different conversation surrounding this game. Right now, it sounds like the right thing to do. Nobody's batting an eye. Uh, Old Dominion plus 8.5 against Virginia. I'm not, I'm not in love with what I've seen from Virginia. Penn State minus 3 against Auburn. I like Penn State to go on the road, win this game, and uh, folks at Auburn who already hate Brian Harston will begin to have that conversation uh, only at a louder decibel level. Uh, Liberty versus Wake Forest. Uh, that's an over for me, an overplay for me. Uh, not a side, but an over 63 and a half. 
I took SMU getting the three on the road against Maryland. I took Utah minus 20.5 against San Diego State. That number has moved around a little bit. You may find it at 21. I don't know that I would play it past that. Western Kentucky getting 6.5 against Indiana. Kind of leaning in on them to win the game, so I'll gladly take the 6.5. Ole Miss minus 16.5 against Georgia Tech. New Mexico getting 2.5 against UTEP. I think they win the game outright. And then uh, finally, the Raiders minus 5.5 against the Arizona Cardinals. Kind of playing a hunch. Too early in the NFL season to to say for certain any one thing other than I think the Cowboys are screwed. Um, but Arizona was a team I didn't like coming into the season, uh, and and I think they look a little bit like a mess, not because they were exposed by an elite quarterback in week one, uh, but because I think that's who they are. I don't I don't think they're very good. What is your concern level for the Buccaneers and their one o'clock kickoff against New Orleans on Sunday? Didn't make the card, but I just I find that to be a very interesting matchup because. It's a broken record, but I think the Saints match up fairly well Always. for what Tampa showed to be deficient in on Sunday night against the Cowboys. Well, are they going to run it? Are they going to line up and run it against uh, Tampa Bay? Are they going to try to be physical that way? Because if so, we could be in real trouble. Um, maybe they fall in love with what Jameis did in the fourth quarter and they let him throw it around the lot. That would benefit us, actually, and I love Jameis, and I think he's going to have a good year, but I, I would rather they do that. Yeah. Uh, I think if they play the physical brand of football on offense that we're talking about, which is running the football and creating play-action opportunities, uh, the Bucks are going to be in trouble. Um, we'll see. Uh, the greater emphasis might be on the run this week, and it wasn't against Dallas. Remember, last season against Dallas, they gave up a gazillion yards in the win, uh, but Dak threw... What did he throw for? Like four hundred? I mean, oh, he, it was, was it was, awesome. yeah, he, he was awesome. Yeah, he was he was unbelievable yeah. in that game, right? So I think the Bucks had that on the mind. I think that maybe Dallas was able to run the ball because of what we weren't trying to take away. You know, they, they we were fine with them running the ball. I think after last year's game against Dallas, and maybe maybe we see a greater emphasis on stopping the run this weekend. If you look at the slate on Sunday, it's not great. It's no, not great. there's like three games that I highlighted yesterday. I don't I don't love the slate this weekend either. And the Bucks are one of those three games. I think because of what New Orleans did in the fourth quarter and because that defense is still good, there's a lot of moving pieces there to sort out the issues of the NFC South. So to me, I think even if I wasn't a Buccaneers fan or a Saints fan, I would tune in saying, well, which Jameis plays on Sunday? Which Jameis does New Orleans get? And he's beat up, by the way. He's been beat up right. since that game ended, and we now know it's a back. You know, yeah. Obviously, he was being nebulous. He wouldn't tell anybody what it was. That would explain why the pain's everywhere. The pain is everywhere. He hurt. You know, but and he's hurt. He's been hurting this week. Um, but, I, w- I wish him well. I, I like Jameis, but you know, it, it doesn't hurt us that he's been banged up this week. I agree, but that taste and BS they do can work against our front. It's going to be interesting because the Bucks have more holes this year, and yet when you look at the slate through only one week, I'm looking at the NFC and saying, oh, I, I guess, right. I guess we are right there, if oh, not yes. at the top. Yeah, no, I, I came out of that game very encouraged. Left a lot of points on the field. Um, dominated. So thoroughly, long before the injury, Tampa Bay was the better side across the board in that game. It really, wasn't much of a contest, uh, you know. And that, it, there aren't many NFL games where you say midway through the second quarter, "Oh, this is over. This team can't right. beat this team." Even when the Bucks, when they get it to right. two scores, you're like, "Well, that's it. That's it. They can't get to 14. That's it." Yeah, right. It's it's rare you say that. Even like, I mean. I don't know. You you watch a game and you'd like to believe that Houston's going to get pummeled by Indianapolis, who we think may be a Super Bowl contender going into this year. And the next thing you know, it's Indianapolis having to make a wild comeback late just to force overtime and get the tie. Like Houston kind of dominated that game for much of it. 
the NFL is so unpredictable. I always joke about trying not to make a living gambling on the NFL. I mean, it's it's brutal. But we actually saw one of the games that is so rare for that league, which is one team's just dismissive mm-hmm. to use a clean <laughs> word. I know where you're going. Yeah, the the one the one thing I want to see this week is are the Bucks really that much better in the secondary this season, or was it that Dallas just didn't have anybody, anybody at all to throw to? Well, and, because and New, New Orleans, Orleans I mean, does. Michael Thomas looked good now. Yeah, and he looked bought in too, which is different. Oh, very different. He's he, always his post game quote was, "I'm so grateful for my teammates." I was like, "Man, they've uh, done a lot of work with you, haven't yeah, they?" Therapy is an amazing thing because <laughs> that guy's like a world class ass, and all of a sudden he's Mister Team. Well, okay, that's a problem. Easy after two scores. Yeah. Too. <laughs> Uh, yeah, no, on that slate real quick, uh, and I only bet the one NFL game, um, and it's so early in a long season, I don't know why going from 16 games to 17 games makes the season feel infinitely longer, but it does. Like, I sit around, oh, it's just week two. I don't know. Right. Whereas if it were 16 games, I'm like, well, you're kind of getting to know who these teams are. Yeah. It's ridiculous. Yeah, you lose a game, you're like, yeah, no, it's no big deal. Yeah. yeah we, 15 yeah. more of them. Yeah, we're going to lose a couple games. going to happen. You know, this is just one of those. But if you start one and two in a 16-game season, it's over. Yeah, it's, we're, we're screwed. Done. We're but done. a 17-game season, you're like, oh, there's a lot of one football to play. We could be four and three. We'll be fine. So much football to play. It's just weird. I've done that since they did it a year ago. I'm actually intrigued by a few things. Uh, the Miami Baltimore game, I, I, yeah, I'll watch that one o'clock game. Let's see if that Dolphins defense is for real, and I'm, I'm kind of excited about uh, what they might be. Uh, I'm also, you mentioned uh, of the one o'clock slate, it's not a great slate, but Tampa Bay New Orleans interests me, and then from there, the four o'clock games. Uh, no, no, right. no, no, no. That's a red zone four o'clock to hope that there's some cool stuff that happens. Well, I mean, I'm betting on the Raiders, so I suppose it. 425, I'll tune in to the game at Allegiant Stadium there and hope that the Raiders cover the five and a half. The NFL was hoping that would be a more compelling game is what they were hoping. But the but the game tonight is great. I just don't like that it's Thursday night football game. I'd rather have this be a, a Sunday night game or a Monday night game uh, or at the very least just a regular Sunday game. But I it's tonight. I'll be watching, of course. And if you want to watch, you'll be watching on Amazon Prime. Uh, Los Angeles, that would be the Chargers. And Kansas City, good game. Great game. I think in theory, we think that should be a very high-scoring affair, although watch this be 24-21 late in the fourth quarter. And we're like, okay, well, that's why I don't mess with the NFL. One guy I'm watching closely just to see if he's finally going to live up to the promise of the draft is Edwards Alaire. He was a big part of the game plan last week. Yeah, you know, he was. They could have had a lot of big parts of the game plan against Arizona, and you wouldn't know the difference. The question is against a more game opponent like the Chargers, who are pretty good in the secondary, what does a CEH look like? Because that's going to be something from a DFS standpoint and just from an overall handicapping of the AFC standpoint. How does Kansas City overcome the absence of Tyreek Hill? It might actually start in the backfield for them. Well, and they might do it by being a little bit more balanced across the board with their weaponry. Yes, you're right to bring up you know, Clyde Edwards or Lair, but obviously they've got Juju Smith, Schuster, uh, very good player, Scantling, good player, Miko Hardman. You know, they got a lot of guys. Burner, yeah. And then you have, of course, uh, the best, arguably the best tight end in the league and Travis Kelsey. Oh, he's got to be. I mean, well, you know, Kittle, Kittle is more versatile, right? But he does get hurt a lot. But you know, changing the scoreboard and being always being open in the red zone is a really hard thing to do when everybody's keying on you. And that's the thing that's underrated about Kelsey the last few years. Not I want to turn this into Chiefs radio, but Tyreek Hill can't beat you over the top in the red zone or on second and goal from the nine. No. So you're not worried about that. And yet Kelsey's scoring all these touchdowns. And yet he's always open. How? Well, he's really good. 
I mean, he's a huge guy that can really run. That's a wonderful combination. Uh, that's Everybody knew that Gronk was going to get the ball in the red zone for uh, ever. Never stopped it. Um, and that's, you know, that's Kelsey is not Gronk, but he is a really good tight end. I would prefer Kittle if I were starting a team, and, and because he is a more complete tight end as a blocker, he is evil, like downright mean. Watching Kittle block is oddly just like football porn. Like watching that guy is mean. He hurts people. Here come the bots. I just I love watching him do that, but he gets hurt all the damn time. I'm tired of that too. Well, that's what separates Gronkowski's career from Kelsey's to this point. Kelsey could produce more in terms of catches, yards, and touchdowns, and he very well may. I don't know where he is on those leaderboards. But Gronk is a blocker. Well, he made the choice. And when he put his hands on you. I mean, he he routinely made the choice. There's and so he would many... laugh at you. Yeah, <laughs> oh, oh, yeah, he's such a doofus. It's the worst feeling in the world. It has to be. A guy that's seemingly that stupid, being able to laugh while he plays the game, it just breaks you. And you're doing nothing you can do. You're like, okay. This man is a gorilla. I can't do anything with him. That's the worst feeling in the world. When a guy is big and strong and works out and does all those things, but also has that grown man strength that, like, your grandfather when you were a kid, you're like, why is he so strong? He's old. Yeah. Well, that's that Gronk's that way. And even if he's not as bright as a laureate, he's smart enough to know how to use his strength, too. <laughs> oh, dude. Yeah. You're not across from a Mensa there, but he is going to make that play. Jeff Cameron, 93.3 Real Talk Radio. War Chant TV. The Jeff Cameron Show, brought to you by Orange Theory Fitness. Two Tallahassee locations, Midtown on Thomasville Road, and Northside in the Village Common Shopping Center. Online at orangetheoryfitness.com. Don't know if you can hear it in the background or not. I'm hoping not. There is a fire alarm going off here at the studio, but it is not because there is a fire. It's because they're testing it to make sure that it works in case there is a fire. So if you hear that, do not be alarmed. I am dedicated to the show, but not so dedicated as to sit idly by while a fire alarm was going off in the, in the hopes to finish a segment. No. I wouldn't hold you to that. However, you did conduct a fire alarm interview with Steve Adazio. I you didn't did. know if that was a test or not. No, I was locked in. Me and Steve were talking about wine and food and what it takes to be a BC man. All that stuff. We were having a good time. What's Steve doing now? Oh, yeah, he's an assistant. That's right. He is? Yeah. Isn't that right? Nick Saban staff? Where? You want me to look it up? Pull up Steve Adazio. Hey, by the way. I saw where Malik Cunningham has been uh, sacked five times already this year. Yeah, if you get your hands on him, he goes down. Well, I know, I know, but still, five. By the way, Florida State has five sacks in our first two games. Just if you're if you're wondering. Also, oh. if you're what, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like Dazio's an assistant at A and M. Yes, he is. He yeah. just lost to Appy State. Well, he didn't cause the problem. I mean, you know, he's he's done fine. His coaching was fine. It's it's Jimbo's play calling and the like. It's all those problems. Well, I mean, if it, it was Steve, you know, they would have run more than thirty eight plays. Certainly, it's your fault, Basio. <laughs> hey, by the way, another uh, couple of numbers for you here, and you can see where maybe I'm going. If you guys are aware of what happens on Thursdays, uh, I would just I would just point to a couple things here. Um, Florida State is where is it? So at this point, uh, we're averaging almost 270 yards on the ground this year. Well, two small sample size, but that's where we're at. A ton of that coming against Duquesne, but Louisville's giving that up. 
So, okay. Also, the real number that I wanted to focus on instead was just where Jordan Travis is at right now. Um, last season, as a starter, we know that Jordan went 5-2 and two and completed nearly 65% of his passes. I think it was 64-6, something like that. I remember those stats. Um, but, you know, it's, it's pretty cool when we talk about bringing in more weapons for a guy uh, to help him out for those numbers to get even more gaudy in his favor. Micah Pittman uh, already has seven catches on the year, and I don't. I, I feel like he's going to be consistently reliable. So, why don't we bring up the prize picks, Tom, and start to have the the greater discussion, my friend? And I will do the same with you. I know you've already made picks, and so have I. Uh, can we see? Yeah, there it is. If you're watching on Warchant TV, you'll see what we're talking about with our prize picks. There is a 100% deposit match. If that's your cup of tea, uh, won't you jump on prize picks and have some fun with us? you got to use the promo code WARCHANT, and if you do, they'll match your deposit 100%. So if you put in $100, they'll give you $100. you got $200 in there. You're ready to roll. Uh, you took Malik Cunningham, 205.5 passing yards over. You took Jordan Travis, 225.5 yards over. And then rush yards, you took... I didn't play a single rushing total. Okay, you did not. Uh, I, however, have a different looking prize picks that you can't uh, bring up here, but I will just tell you, I took Jordan over 225 passing yards. I took Malik Cunningham over 60 yards rushing, 60 and a half. And I took Micah Pittman yeah. over 45 and a half yards receiving. If it's the NFL, I agree with you on the Malik Cunningham bet, but right. it's not. The sacks so, count against your rush total. If we rack up four sacks in this game, which I don't think is crazy, considering how I think it's going to be put on Malik in so many different moments. Yeah, I could get jobbed by the way that the NCAA keeps stats, which is stupidly. There's no reason that uh, you should take away from a man's rush yards with sacks, but they do, and so be it. So I, I've already said it a few times, Marshawn Ford at 34.5 I feel is really light. Uh, that's another over I would like. Micah Pittman at 45 and a half, I agree with you. I like that over there. Mm -hmm. I just I think they're gonna force Jordan to throw the ball more. That's why I like Do you his... like Johnny Wilson over 40 and a half receiving yards? I do, yeah. So you're gonna throw that in there too. Uh well, I mean, I suppose I could. You I could can. just go. What's fun is to do like a five or a six uh, team jobber there and, and get after it. Have some fun with it. Like all of a sudden you're like, hey, 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 here we go. Oh, he's gonna make a bet right here in front of us, everybody. No, I'm not gonna finalize oh, it. Oh yeah. He's gonna show you what you can win. You're not even logged in, are you? You just got your credit up there. You... I mean, I'm logged in. <laughs> credit means how much balance is on the account. Uh, yeah, yeah, I'm over uh, nine hundred dollars in winnings so far. So I've I've cashed out a couple times. Have you? I've never cashed out. Very simple, and that's not a part of the ad. It's not, but I'm glad that it's here to hear that it's very simple because at some point I will. Uh, I've I've just used it to, to fuel my weekends. It's been fun. I'm like, okay, we've got a lot in there. Let's have some fun with this thing. At the end of the year. We'll go Christmas shopping on prize picks and all the whoopings that I put on prize picks. And by the way, if you are inclined to do this, we had a gentleman reach out to us last week and said, thanks for turning me on to prize picks. It's a lot of fun. and I'm using it. Do so responsibly. All right? Do so responsibly. Don't bet money you don't have. All right? Be smart about those things. Okay? Now, that said, if you do do it, have fun, man. Go to the board and look around. Uh, there's a lot. I mean, good God, you've got lacrosse on there you've got like video game stuff that you can bet on you can bet on like if for example if you if you've ever seen a WNBA game most of you haven't I haven't but they're playing right now apparently it's an important game for them um I think it's the finals 
So there's that. You can bet on MMA. You can bet on uh, international soccer. You can bet on disc golf. Did you know that? Yeah. You yeah, bet on sure disc golf. I mean, what the hell are we doing out here betting on disc golf? Goodness gracious. Buffalo Tom asks, what's the total for Jordan's rushing? Uh, the over-under is 40 and a half, mm-hmm. which, again, I, I think if you're going to get the over there, it's because of a big splash play. It's not because of eight carries, 42 yards, and a touchdown. Yeah, I didn't touch his. I think they're over. just going to crash at the line and say, all right, Jordan, beat us with the arm, which is why I think the over 225 is good. Then also, I think we're going to be able to stop the run for Malik, and if we get out to a lead, that's how Malik Cunningham will rack up a lot of passing yards too because we'll probably try zone again and give up a couple of big plays. Sean Tucker for Syracuse against Purdue this week, uh, 101.5 yards rushing. You know, I thought that Syracuse, I had a good process bet last week, but a bad result. <laughs> I love when you tell when you lead with process, we know how the bet went. So Tucker was, I think it was 115.5, 116.5 rushing total, and it's UConn they're playing. So my thought is, given that Sean Tucker only ran for 98 yards in week one against Louisville, the blowout was so bad they didn't need him, they're going to try and rack this guy up some cheap yards to right. make a Heisman case or a player of the year case or Sean Tucker 2K.com, whatever, right? It's good exposure for the program. So I'm thinking macro here. 112 yards. He's out by the third quarter. Okay. You were furious. Okay, Dino. This is where you give him his free 210 so that he's on the way to break ACC single season records or Syracuse. I mean, Syracuse had some running backs now. He could break some single season records or top threes. And Dino's not reading the room. You can't count on Dino. Look at this question we got before we break, because we got to come back and solve for the future with our friends at ISF. I will do this live on the air, and if the answer is yes, then you will see a celebration in this here studio. But uh, that's not going to be a thing, okay? that's It's, it's not going to ha- happen for us as much as I'd like it to. But I'm going to check right now with my phone. Here's my phone. Isn't that a sweet bucks case, everybody? Isn't that great? Look at that. Great radio, Jeff. All right. He wants to know... Jeff and Tom, I got an email from Hard Rock Sportsbook offering a $20 bet on tonight's game. Is that app back up and running again? No. No. The answer has to be no. I would have known about it. I still have the app on my phone. It's just a a wishful thing. I look at it. I longingly look at it all the time. Here you go. I've clicked on it now. Here we go. We got it it up. And uh, I'm going to try to place a bet. And uh, let's see if we can't make this happen here. Oh, that going to make me put in my password? Come no, on, man. No, no. I, I can spoiler alert here. Here we go. I did, no, I logged in. I'm logged in now. Yeah, nothing. You can't make a bet. No, Indiana, Tennessee, Virginia, Arizona, yep. New Jersey, and Iowa. Those are the places that you can bet with the Hard Rock Sportsbook. It infuriates me. Which makes prize picks all the better. You got to run to prize picks. Thanks for the help, Preston. Jeff Cameron Show, 93.3 Real Talk Radio, War Chant TV. The Jeff Cameron Show, brought to you by Orange Theory Fitness, two Tallahassee locations, Midtown on Thomasville Road, and Northside in the Village Common Shopping Center. Online at orangetheoryfitness.com. this next question welcome back jeff cameron show 93.3 real talk radio war chant tv we're going to solve for the future together with our friends from isf in just a moment and i like the way we've been doing this as of late 
positing a question for you, and then we get the answers back and all that good stuff. I appreciate that. <clears throat> ah, it's always good radio right there. Clear your throat right on the air. It's a Corey special. Uh, but what I, w- <laughs> but I, what I will do is uh, I'll celebrate our partnership with ISF by asking you, what is Florida State's record the week of the Clemson game? You're in the chat right now, right? What is Florida State's record the week of the Clemson game? That's six games into the season. So quick math, everybody. What will the win and loss total be? It's got to add up to six, though. Yeah. You know, when you're presented with evidence uh, of of something that confirms what you're thinking or, in fact, con- it becomes conflicted, uh, then, then you adjust. And uh, I think there's been... Uh, some adjustment required on my part just because of how much better Jordan Travis looks, and I'm excited by that. I think it changes an awful lot of what we suspect Florida State is or is not, and we did say that before the season began, which was if he's a lot better, then um, Florida State could have the kind of season that we're you know, excited about. There it is in the chat. We've got folks weighing in. Um, hmm. Okay. A lot of I five and ones, predominantly five and ones. See some six and O's in there. I don't see anybody so far with a two loss record or worse. Now, three would be terrible from this point, but two. Well, I think I think we know uh, again when you start the way that Florida State did by getting that win over uh, LSU, then then we were always going to have a pretty good record if you could win that game. We were excited about that. So most, I don't figure most people are going to be. Uh, predicting a loss to say Boston College it's it's a matter of the reason we asked the question that we did is that there are three losable games starting with tomorrow night's game now I picked us to win tomorrow night you have two we both feel good about it I this is a kind of taking care of business sort of game if they do take care of business play to their ability they're going to win and then they'll beat Boston College and all of a sudden 4-0 and no I did not think they would be 4-0 did not suspect that 4-0 was uh, likely at all. I put a small percentage uh, chance that that could happen. Uh, but I love being wrong about uh, the Knowles being better than I think they are. So that's a good thing. Win this game, and they're going to be 4-0 in my opinion. I don't think Boston College can come down here and win. Uh, they can't block, and that's a problem against most teams, but it's a real problem against Florida State's defensive front. So that will be a long day for Jerkovich. But uh, – Wake is capable of coming in here and win. In fact, as of right now, Wake would be favored. But you also have the NC State game on the road after that. So coming up with this record is kind of hard. It, 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 I knew that if I got a bunch of five and ones, then we were basically watching a group of people who overwhelmingly think Florida State's going to win tomorrow night. Let me ask you this. If they lose tomorrow night, what's the record? In your opinion, the chattel writes that. Oh, there you go. Ryan says in the chat, 3-3 three and three if they lose tomorrow. Could be. Could be. But I want to know, if they lose to Louisville, where's so, your head at? Yeah, man. Um, I'll, I'll be very concerned. Um, you got to write the story for me to give the answer, though. Do we lose 13-10? to 10? Oh, my. Or do we lose 38-34? If you lose 38-34, then you're going to lose to Wake Forest. And you're going to lose to NC State. If you lose 13 to 10, okay. 
That's funny because if you lose 13 to 10, I'd say you only scored 10 points on that sorry ass defense. I'm going to bet that there are some weird circumstances happening if you only score 10, and I won't be thrown off my positivity that much. If you give up 38 here and once again get taken to school by Satterfield, then I believe we're in trouble defensively because I'm already worried about it. And I believe Wake Forest will light us up with Hartman, and I believe NC State on the road will beat us. And at that point, you're in for. Uh, a, a battle to get bowl eligible. All of a sudden, your whole season changes. I mean, th- th- this game, I keep talking about it. I'm nervous as hell about this game. Now, how you win or lose matters, and it tells a story, and we know that. And I would be stunned if if this game was 13 to 10. I just arbitrarily threw out a number that would be a shocking turn of events, but it would tell me something about this team. And so will 38-34. It'll tell a different story about this team. And so, uh, yeah, if we lose this game. If we lose this game, uh, yeah, I'm I'm looking at three and three. It's funny. There's a lot of four and twos now. Oh well, that's because I guess people are answering the, my follow up yeah, question. Yeah, I still think you can beat Wake if you lose tomorrow, and it you doesn't matter, irrespective could. of the score. Irrespective, yeah, you could. You wouldn't be favored, but you could. It's a home game, and you could. And you know, Wake's defense isn't good, so you could win a shootout. But you, but you would go into that game saying the race is to what 35, 38. Yeah. You would. That ballpark, whatever that is. Yeah, yeah. You'd, you'd, you'd have to win a game 38-35, 41-38, something like that. Well, that's a different question, too, for this group, is how mentally strong are they to, to play a game like that? Haven't had to. You know, Wake is very comfortable playing a game into the 40s oh, or yeah, the they, 50s. Oh, they play all, yeah. They do it all the time. Yeah, they do. Oh, you scored 52? Here's 55. Yeah. Sorry about that. No, it, it's it's That's something. a different kind of mentality. And Mike's teams in Memphis had that. But does this team, if they get into a situation like that? Well, you know, I go back to this without, man, I know there's a contingent of people that I've talked to that are diehard, you know, part of my old brethren, right? They're people that whose opinion I respect and they're, they're realists and all that. There's, there's a small handful of those people that think, that agree with us that Florida State's going to win the game. But they kind of think it won't be close. I, I had a buddy of mine who's very reasonable. He's not one of these guys. Knowles by 50. He doesn't ever do that. He's like, Jeff, I just don't see it. I think Florida State's going to beat Louisville's ass. He's like, he was prattling on the other day, but he thinks they're going to win by like 21. That would be now, That's not shocking. Buddy, wouldn't that just be the. <sighs> but we've talked about it a bunch over the years. <laughs> yeah. Who is more likely to blow the other out? I think this one it's oh, FSU by a mile. Th- this time it is. This time it is. There's no doubt. We do. We at, we posit those questions all the time. The question being, who's more likely to blow the other team out? Even if you don't think that's going to happen, just who do you think is more likely to do it? In this case, I would agree with you. Florida State is more likely to blow Louisville out than Louisville is Florida State. That's nice to say out loud. We haven't been able to say that in a long time. I don't remember the last time I picked Florida State to blow somebody out that mattered. I picked us to blow Duquesne out. We did. North Carolina, you know. Yeah, you did. Frogs. But that wasn't a blowout. They quit in the fourth quarter, though, like it was. Well, it was weird. They had the ball, and they were just taking their sweet time because they wanted to go home. Like, back to their apartments. It was strange. He's a strange dude. They are a reflection yeah, of him. He's a weird guy. Yeah, he's also on his way out. On Earth. I mean, it, it's uh, this isn't going to... In case people were wondering. Yeah, well, I mean... That's, that is what he meant. <laughs> I'm telling you, man. He's out there staring at the moon. We got you look at him, I'm like, oh buddy. He's the guy having another popsicle because why not? Get you a third popsicle, coach. 
That's the third fudge round. What are we doing out here? That's my man. That's him right now. Uh, by the way, I <laughs> unbelievable. Oh, <laughs> uh, uh, look. Thank you guys for participating in solving the future with us here on the Jeff Cameron Show. Our partners at ISF have been uh, a welcome addition, and they can be for you, too. Obviously, a lot of uh, state governments face challenges, technological challenges, those kinds of things. You've got visions, you've got ideas, uh, but you need a means by which to get them done. You want a clear direction. Well, ISF works with you. It's a collaborative effort. It's what we do on the show with you guys as well, weighing in on the chat. They work closely with you. They're not just offering up their services and saying, this is what you ought to do. They find out what you're good at. What is your expertise? They marry it with theirs, and they give you a recommendation and a path forward to see your dream come true. It's a collaborative approach that works and has worked for agencies across the country. Again, if you're sitting there now and you're thinking, yep, there are so many things we could streamline, so many systems we may not need anymore or can't support anymore, ISF will come in, help you get that clear picture you're looking for, and make the processes work. Chef Cameron Show, 93.3, Real Talk Radio, War Chant TV. The Jeff Cameron Show is a production of the Warchant.com Multimedia Network. Check out Warchant.com today for the latest news inside Florida State Athletics. That's Warchant.com. Now, back to Jeff on Real Talk 93.3. Wow. Where did the show go, man? That was quick on a Redemption Thursday. Yes, Preston, Oklahoma is uh, favored double digits currently against uh, Nebraska. So not going to be a close game, I wouldn't think. Although, you never know, interim coach, a rally around, all that good stuff. I didn't know that either, Preston. No! Got to celebrate last week with App State. Good for him, man. Good for him. Uh, Ryan writes, if we give up 38 points to Louisville and it's all passing yards from Cunningham, I don't think we beat Wake or NC State. Yes, correct. Yeah, how, how these games play out, that's it matters. Um, the way you look in these games. Do I have time for uh, probables, my friend? Oh, i got a good four minutes. Well, not only do I have time for probables, I should say some nice words about our major sponsor, our big-time sponsor, and that would be Zaxby's. Loving some Zaxby's, by the way, tomorrow, uh, going to pick up some Zaxby's. That's right. Large amounts. Large amounts. Large amounts of Zaxby's. The most. Lots of chicken. <laughs> the very biggest. <laughs> some fries. The biggest fries, the crinkliest. Perhaps some coleslaw. Oh, if there's time. Pre-game, post-game, no game at all. Any time is the right time for Zaxby's platters. Just as long as you're hungry, feed your team with your choice of traditional or buffalo fingers. Boneless or traditional wings, too. If you're having trouble deciding, get the best of both worlds with a sampler platter. And don't forget that world-famous sauce. Satisfy your chicken craving with Zaxby's platters. Order online or on the app. Your Tallahassee Zaxby's, a proud Golden Chief booster for 17 years. Go Knowles. And with that, we segue over to uh, our friends at uh, Tallulah. Delta 8 floating in the salt, baby. It's time for... How you say? With the pitching, uh, probables? Are you steady out here getting your ass kicked by the Cubs on the regular? What are we doing? Got swept. Getting swept. That's what we're doing. 
7-1 White Sox lead Cleveland. Lance Lynn started the game. Hunter Gaddis started for the Guardians. Tampa Bay Blue Jays. Uh, Tampa Bay and the Blue Jays about to start, I should say. Shane McClanahan. Kevin Gosman. Phillies Marlins. Noah Syndergaard. Pablo Lopez. A's Astros. James Caparillion. Lance McCullers. Pirates. Mets. Pirates just told the Reds, here's what time it is. Little sweepity doo. And now you got the puck. The Buckos coming in. Come Feeling on, man. Good about themselves. I'll give it right back. I just need like seven grand, brother. <laughs> friend to friend. Come on, I need you. JT Brubaker, you should paste him. And if you don't, the Mets really are in trouble. Carlos Carrasco will start. This is a mismatch. I may bet this game in mere minutes. Royals, Twins, Daniel Lynch, and Dylan Bundy. We got the Reds and the Cardinals. Chase Anderson, Miles Mikolas. Yes. I like the flair. Padres, D-backs, Sean Manaya, and uh, Dre Jamison. And that is a look at those. That shower is out of the boat. Yeah. CBD and Juice Bar, Tallulah. Go by, swing by there, get yourself. It's all legal, guys. We live in a great world these days, man. Just swing on in there, get you that Delta 8. Woo! And chill. That was just for the Delta 8 and the chill. You're excited about the chill. You got to get the woo out of your system. A whole system lot of chill floating in the salt. Delta 8 salt float. Can you handle it? Can you think about nothing? I'm very good at that. Can you think about nothing? You know me. Ro- it's hard. Long road trips, I don't say a damn thing for hours. Yeah, you get you, you do a good job of reading the room. There's a time to not talk and time to, to engage. Getting a little sleepy over here. You know, it's uh, that kind of thing. But uh, I have not done this yet. I will float this weekend, though. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to make it an effort to float in the salt tub with no sound. Some people need sound. They can't handle all that silence. I can handle the silence. I'm like you. Good work out of you. Good work, Director Matthew. Be well, everybody. Have a great night. Enjoy the football. We'll talk to you tomorrow on a libations Friday and game day. I can feel all.